0: Welcome to TWW, The Weekly Wheel, where each week the Dharma Wheel rolls and delivers you new content available anywhere at any time in your everyday life. We present a mindfulness service, which has three components. First, meditation, and then we meditate with sound through chanting. You can have your mind wander when you sit in silence, but it's very difficult to wander As you chant, you need to focus on the next character, on your breathing, on the next line. And if you pat yourself on the back too much or become too self-aware, you'll miss a line. And then lastly, we have something called active listening, where we lean into and really listen to the Dharma talk given by our senseis. You could think of silent meditation and sound meditation through chanting as preparatory to get our minds focused and open and clear so we can really listen clearly and really take in the Dharma. And in a sense, it perfumes the mind. The mind is slowly changed as it hears new points of view, new perspectives and new approaches to dealing with life. It's set up much like an in-person service. It's led, moderated by multiple voices. So you get a variety of opinions, a variety of, of perspectives as you go on your journey. So I hope you will join us now for this mindfulness service presented to you by the people at the Weekly Wheel and the Orange County Buddhist Church. Thank you so much.
1: We will now have seated meditation. Take a moment to see that your back is straight and centered with your shoulders relaxed. If you're in a chair, it's best to sit forward slightly rather than leaning on the chair back and keep your feet flat on the floor. Try keeping your eyes half open, resting the gaze gently downward, without focusing on anything in particular. In the same way, be open to whatever sounds are coming into your ears, whether from inside the room or outdoors. We are not trying to isolate ourselves from the world around us, but rather feel that we are part of that world. If you like, you may count your breaths from 1 to 10, inhale deeply, let it all out, try slowing down your rate of breathing relative to what it would be at other times, we are not trying to think about anything in particular or visualize anything, we simply watch our thoughts come and go. Please put your hands together in gassho. Bow. Namo Amida Butsu. Namo Amida Butsu. Namo Amida Butsu. Naman Butsu. Naman Naman Butsu.
2: You may stretch your legs and then please stand. We will now have our standing meditation session. Your upper body is in the same position as for sitting meditation. Straight head and spine, shoulders back, eyes half open, hands comfortably positioned in front. Legs should be shoulder width apart with knees slightly bent. Again, rock forward and backward and side to side to find your center. Standing meditation reminds us to take our meditation practice out into the world. Waiting in line at the store, being stuck in traffic, going through TSA security at the airport. Over time, meditation becomes a practice for the body and mind that can be recalled when needed most in situations that may be merely annoying, perhaps frustrating, or even stressful. We will begin at the sound of the bell. Please put your hands together in gosho and bow. Namo amida butsu. Namo amida butsu. Namo amida butsu. Namo amida butsu. Namo amida butsu.
1: Return to your seat or cushion. Sitting in this way, we might wonder what purpose we are achieving. Actually, there is no specific purpose. I think it's really to make us aware of What sitting is, what breathing is, standing is? What are these simple activities that we do most of the time without thinking about them at all? We'll begin our second sitting at the bell. Please put your hands together in gassho. Bow. Namo amidabutsu, Namo Amida Butsu. Namo Amida Butsu. Naman Butsu. Naman Butsu. Naman
0: We will begin uh, sutra chanting. Sutra chanting is actually a portion of a sutra that we will chant. Uh, most sutras are far too long to be able to chant in one sitting. So for us Uh, We're usually chanting a verse out of a longer narrative or prose, and that's why uh, each line consists of perhaps four or five or seven characters. When we chant, we read from left to right, just like in English, and we move down the first column, and then we move to the second column, and so on. Open circles uh, represent bells uh, for the chant leader to ring, so we always begin a sutra chant with two bells, Whenever we change a section, we use one bell to kind of signal that we're changing uh, from one section to another. And then when you end a sutra chant, you always end with three bells. Each syllable here is written in Romanized characters, English characters, and each syllable here represents a kanji, a Chinese character, and it's written phonetically. It's the sound of the character. The vowels have the same pronunciation independent of location or their neighbor. So this is different from English. And the vowel sounds, uh, I've been told, resemble those in Spanish. So we have A, E, I, O, and U. And they're pronounced A, E, E, O, and U. And then uh, you'll see uh, italicized lines. Uh, Those are leader lines that I chant alone. And you will also see underlines under some of the characters. And that means that rather than each character getting a single beat, an underlying character will get a beat and a half. And to kind of make up that little extra time, the next character in line will only get a half beat. And what you do is you don't really concern yourself too much about the meaning of what's being chanted. This isn't flashcards. We're not trying to learn something. This is a ritual. And so we chant together as a feeling of oneness. Don't worry too much about how you're doing. Be aware and mindful of each character uh, this is a form of meditation. Uh, rather than silent meditation, we're meditating through sound. So, you know, you see the character, you say it, you forget about it, you move on, and you say the next character. And over time, it becomes effortless, and you'll begin to memorize it uh, without realizing it.
3: We
2: will now chant Ju Sege.
4: Ga gon chose hishimu. Dosses and shoes. No,
0: The next Buddha will be a Sangha. Buddhism consists of three precious jewels. There is the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. The Buddha refers to Prince Siddhartha, who, at 35, realized awakening under the Bodhi tree after six years of constant practice. Then there is the Dharma, the teachings of the Buddha, and lastly, the Sangha, the community of Buddhists who practice together. It is often said that these three jewels are like the three legs of a table. All three are needed to support the Buddhist tradition. Without the three, there isn't balance. You or the table will fall. If this is so, then why are they always listed in this order? Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. It would seem that this order is significant in some way, but how? First, you might notice that they are listed in alphabetical order, but I think This is the trivial case. I always thought that there should be more to it than that. Next, and the most common interpretation, is to think of these as listed in order of importance, meaning the Buddha is the most significant jewel, then second most the Dharma, and coming in third the Sangha. Most common, people new to Buddhism think of the Buddha the same way they think about Jesus, as the founder of a religious tradition, the Christian tradition stands and falls on the existence of its historical founder in a way that Buddhism does not. In fact, a Zen master was once asked if Buddhism could survive if it was to be shown that the historical Buddha never actually existed. He smiled and said that we would be fine because we have the teachings. We would still have the Dharma. So if it's not alphabetical and it's not in order of significance, then what does this order represent? It turns out that they are simply listed in chronological order. That is, first the Buddha realized awakening, then the Buddha gave his first Dharma talk at Deer Park to his original five followers. The Buddha taught the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. Each of these five students then realized awakening on the spot as they listened to the Buddha's teachings. These five monks became the first members of the Buddhist Sangha. It was a Sangha of five. It is interesting to note that different schools focus on different jewels. For example, the Theravadan tradition tends to focus on the Buddha. Their practices follow in the Buddha's footsteps. We have our Zen master above focusing on the Dharma itself. Our tradition also places great importance on listening to the Dharma. So if I was pushed to pick my favorite jewel, I would have selected the Dharma. But my perspective has changed greatly during the COVID pandemic lockdown. This was a time when we suddenly could no longer meet as a Sangha. There was nowhere we could practice together. The immersive communal experience in the Hondo was no longer available to us. It was then that I found out how vulnerable Buddhism is when we can no longer meet together. This is something that cannot be replaced. It is the essence of our practice. Practicing the Dharma as a sangha. I would like to share another metaphor with you. Rather than the three legs of a table, think of a dance studio. What is most important? I think many would say that is the dance instructor that is most important. Surely you would want to learn how to dance from the very best teacher. But then what about the music? Wouldn't you want to be able to select from the best playlist? Wouldn't you want to learn all kinds of dance, like jazz, hip hop, classical and modern? Wouldn't you want to feel the beat surging through the dance floor? Okay, then perhaps it's the music that is most significant. Without the music, then what use would the teacher be? But we are still forgetting one very important additional factor, that is the other dancers, your friends, your colleagues, your partners. It is very unlikely that you will dance alone. You always need a partner. A chorus line must always dance together as one. It is the other dancers that make you a dancer. Dance is a team sport. Without that, there is no dance. So more important than the teacher and the music are the other students who train with you. It is the community of dance that is most important. Dance is a team sport and it is your teammates that lift you up and inspire you. It is the dancers all around you that are most important. I now believe that the greatest strength of the Orange County Buddhist Church is our Sangha. It really is our most valuable jewel. Now that we are entering a new year and when safe, I trust that we can all make returning to OCBC in person a priority in our lives, just as it was before the pandemic. Thich Nhat Hanh once predicted that, quote, the next Buddha will be a Sangha, unquote. I think he is correct. This is why my new, most favorite jewel is now the Sangha. I will now treasure it forever. It is in the Sangha that the music and the Dharma can be heard. Thank you very much. Namo Ami Naman Namo Ami
2: Today's program was presented and produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church.
0: This podcast is copyrighted 2023, by the Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, all rights reserved.